Well, welcome back everyone to a 57th episode of the Tundra Cast. Today we got Rossi. What's up? And Nick. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and uh, today uh, we're going to go over the, the trades that happened over the trade deadline. Um, it was a pretty exciting deadline, I would say. There was actually some action on the, on the, on the day. And uh, a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot of overpays, but the market was certainly high for a couple pieces. Yeah. And yeah. let's just get started. So we're not going to cover the trades. We... I mean, there's there's some trades we're not going to go over, like Giordano, Hamadek, Giroux, because we made videos on that. So we're going to just start with the Nick Paul trade. And we probably won't be going over the ones that we went over on the stream. Uh, we'll go over some of them. Like, if they're like very minor, we won't talk about them, but... You know, let's just get started. So, uh, first trade today, we're going to talk about Nick Paul going to Tampa Bay, who scored who scored yesterday for Tampa Bay, in exchange for Matthew Joseph in a four-round pick. Now, I think it's a bit of a draw, to be honest. I think Nick Paul, I mean, Nick Paul is kind of like the perfect Tampa Bay player, but I do think Matthew Joseph still has a lot of potential in him. He's still young. I think he'll get his ice time in Ottawa. And, I mean, they got a young player back for a upcoming UFA and a draft pick. Yeah, I think Joseph's kind of like the – almost like a really good fit, almost perfect fit for Ottawa just based on the, the type of players they have on their team. I also find it really funny that Paul scored his first game because Joseph got <laughs> killed his first game. You see oh, that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was – yeah. yeah. He's uh, pretty decent, though. Like, I don't mind him at all. I think it – I think – the whoever wins this trade, I think it all depends on how Joseph develops and what Ottawa decides to do with that fourth round pick. True. Like I mean, Joseph had eighty points in fifty eight games on a fourth line Tampa. He'll get third line, maybe second line ice time in Ottawa. Like I think his stats will improve. He's an RFA. He's gonna he's gonna stay in Ottawa, and he's only twenty five, right? So. You know, and he and he's back home. That's the most important thing. So I think I, I really like this fit for Ottawa a lot. And that's really about it for that trade. <laughs> nothing nothing special. Um, next, uh, now this this trade this is a trade that raised the defenseman price. It wasn't Ben Sherratt. It was Jeremy Lazone going for a second round pick to Nashville. Um, I want to hear for Rossi first because I I don't really know his thoughts on the trade all too much. Uh, well. Luzon played the two games since he came to Nashville. So he played against Anaheim on the 21st, and then he played against LA on the 22nd. How's he been? He pl he's been okay. He's Obviously, he hasn't... I don't think he's gotten any points with us yet. Uh, yeah. But he's been physical. He You know, he's exactly what we want. What the Predators wanted from that trade, basically, is getting a... Uh, physical defenseman to have and I think yeah. there's a lot of misconceptions with the Uzan trade people, yeah I think that's exactly what they wanted yeah people, like, like you look yeah. at a guy like Myers like that's kind of what they wanted in Myers I feel like but it just didn't work out for him and Luzon's only 24 he's an RFA so Nash yeah. is going to have his rights yeah he's still young enough they can develop him and yeah and that's why, I think that, that's why I think the misconception comes from because a lot of people are seeing it as a rental yeah, and Luzon is anything but a rental for the Predators, <clears throat> right? And and I mean, speaking of Felipe Myers, he just loaned him to Toronto like an hour ago, so yeah. <laughs> yeah but we'll we'll see. I I mean, maybe Myers gets bought out at in the off season. So, uh, I don't yeah, but... I don't think the Predators buy him out. If anything, they trade him. 
That's gonna be a tough contract to move though, because he makes like two point five million. Maybe there's something. Maybe Arizona will take him for like whatever, or maybe yeah. we'll. See, I don't know. We'll see what happens with Felipe Myers. Um, the next trade also involves Seattle. It's Mason Appleton going back to Winnipeg for a fourth round pick, and I like this for the Jets. I mean, they didn't really give up much. They know what they have in Appleton because he's played there before. He's a good middle six guy. He knows the team well. You know, I mean, don't really see a lot of issues with this trade. Maybe Seattle could have gotten more, especially considering what the prices were for forwards at the deadline. But I don't, I don't mind it all too much. Yeah, it's it just was... kind of a weird team in the deadline. Pardon? So the Jets were kind of a weird team in the deadline. I don't know. They were selling, but they were like acquiring they were selling players. Selling and buying. Well. Yeah. They also got Sanford, who we'll talk about it a bit later. But yeah, it was a weird deadline for the Jets, especially since they didn't trade Paul Statsny, which kind of shocked True. me. He's made, how much is he making balls fastly now? I know I he's making a lot before. Probably like three million, right? Hmm. Three and a half. He's a little bit older too, so like he would have been probably good for a playoff team. So that's how I was thinking. Like fifty yeah. percent retained as a good bottom six vet who can like yeah that that would be huh. that would have been a good deadline acquisition. For I didn't me. think of that one actually. But yeah, I mean nothing else to say here. It's kind of small. Um, Nathan Bugaloo going to the ah. Pittsburgh Penguins for a conditional seventh. Condition is if. Is if the Penguins win three playoff series and Bolu plays in at least fifty percent of the games, he won't. They'll, they'll get the pick, which means I don't. I don't think they'll get the pick. But that's... I don't. He's not really going to play. He's kind of there for in case our defense gets hurt or anything. So right. Yeah, he'll, he he'll kinda, be like an eighty. And he kind of sucks. So there's that. Kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, four assists in twenty four games. That's whatever playoff depth. Um. Now, Jack McBain going to Arizona for a second-round pick, and I'm not the biggest fan of Jack McBain. Um, I think he's going to top out as a bottom six forward. And, like, I don't know, this kind of gives me, like, Jimmy VC vibes. Yeah, same like, here. I was a big fan of McBain when he was drafted. I thought <coughs> they were going to get themselves a steal, but it is what it is with McBain. I mean, like you said, he's probably, like, a bottom six. From what I've seen and what I've read, he's more like a bottom six potential guy. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, if you're Arizona, you take the kid and you – hope that he becomes something better but right. we'll see what happens with him and arizona has a draft capital to spend on a jack mcbain right if he, if he doesn't yeah. pan out it won't hurt them too much yeah like honestly a like a second round pick isn't the worst price to pay either for a guy like him so it right. Was right any thoughts rossi uh i mean not really i think the second round pick is a little bit pricey but at the same time it is arizona it is arizona yeah <laughs> yeah uh it, it, it is Arizona. They have a surplus of picks. I'm not too big on Jack McBain, but maybe he becomes something more. And if he doesn't, hey. It, it's whatever. It's whatever. Um, next trade, Marcus Johansson is going back to the Washington Capitals, the team he's played with before. And I feel like they kind of overpaid here. They gave up Daniel Sprong, who actually scored last night for the Seattle Kraken. So first game, first goal of his new team. A fourth-round pick and a sixth-round pick. And, I mean, you know, like, I, I kind of like him for Seattle. I still, I still have high hopes in Daniel Spronk. He's only 24, 25 years old. He hasn't really gotten the best opportunity in Pittsburgh. Um, when he was in Pittsburgh, he didn't get the best. I mean, when he played ice time in, in Anaheim, he had, like, 15 goals. Then he just shipped them off. And even in Washington, he was buried in the bottom six. I think he needs the ice time to grow. And I think Seattle's a good place for him because they're going to be rebuilding for a while. 
They need those young players, and I mean, Sprong, Sprong's a skilled player. I mean, he's not a guy that can play in your bottom six. You have to play him in the top six, and I think he's going to be a perfect fit for them, man. For the return they got for Marcus Johansson, a player who's fallen off since his first stint in Washington, I, I, I like it. Yeah, I agree. He's a good player. Like He can score goals. Uh, he's a skilled player. He's had spurts where he's looked really, really good. Um, he's just been more inconsistent than anything. But I think you're right. I think Seattle's a, a perfect place for him to go where he can get some ice time and kind of start playing good again. So Yeah. Like, this is a guy that had 14 points in 47 games last year. Yeah. Um, no, sorry, 20 points in 42 games last season. But Anaheim, when he was traded from Pittsburgh to Anaheim, he had 19 and 47. Like, he's a guy that can probably get you 35, 40 points in a full season. Like I said, he just needs that ice time. He's still young, and he's in uh, RFA at season's end. So, you know, I, I really like it. Yeah, remember I mean, when we traded him, I wasn't a fan of, of when we traded him either. I remember wanting to keep him, so. You got, I think, Marcus Pedersen back, right? Yeah, I think that was it, yep. Yeah. And, I mean, also, I mean, for Washington, too, I, I mean, it's not that bad because, I mean, you know what you have in Marcus Johansson. Um, he's played there before. He's not the same player as he was back then. But, like, who knows? Maybe he can rediscover his uh, old self there. That's Maybe that's the hope. Um, next trade, Brian Little's contract going to Arizona. Arizona just yeah. acquires every contract. Do we, got that do, we, do we even need to talk about this one? Not really. Just how Arizona, I mean, just maybe the fact that Arizona gets every dead contract in the world. Man, if, get... if these players were still playing like 10 years ago, like they would, they would be cups. Like they, they'd be cupping. They'd, they'd be cupping, right? Yeah. Didn't yeah. They, didn't they get Chris Prongers a while back? They got Datsuk. They got Pronger. They've got a bunch of Hosa, I think too. Like okay, they, got they got everybody. Hosa. Hold on. Let, let, I'll, I'll look it up right now. Andrew Ladd, Brian Little, Antoine I was supposed Rousseau. to say Kessler, but we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, more. Okay. There's a lot. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot. I'm not reading with these. Um, next trade, and this one was okay. Uh, okay, so this is a bit out of order. So let's go. So first, let's mention the Flurry trade. Um, Mark Andre Flurry going to Minnesota. God, that's gonna that's gonna look so weird. But yeah. Mark Andre Flurry is gonna go to Minnesota for a second round pick, conditional. It goes to a first round pick if Minnesota reaches the conference final, and Flurry wins has four wins in his first two rounds. Um. And I like it for both teams. Chicago obviously needs to recuperate first-round picks because they traded their first-round pick for Seth fucking Jones. Uh, <laughs> um, and, I mean, trading Flurry is going to help with the tank. So there's that. Unless somehow Kevin Lincoln just goes on the heater, which that would be that, that, that would suck for Hawks fans. But, I mean, if in Minnesota really needed a goalie, um, Cam Talbot, before yesterday, before he got a shutout, uh, was struggling. Capo Kakinen, who we'll talk about literally in like two minutes, wasn't doing the best. Um, and they really needed the goalie. And I, I think Fleury's gonna fit in well in Minnesota. Um, I would ass- I would assume that Fleury's gonna retire after the season, but hey, who knows? Maybe if Minnesota makes a run, he'll resign there. But I really like it for Minnesota. Yeah, it's a good move. I don't know if the Wild are gonna be in the conference finals, so I think that's gonna end up being a second round pick, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's a good move. I like it. My what I was saying during the stream is I think it's insanely bad for the Blackhawks because oh, yeah. you're trading away a world-class goaltender in Marc-Andre Fleury and the best you got back was a condition was a second-round pick that's con- that could be a first if the Wild make the conference finals, which is a huge ask, especially with Colorado, Calgary, need I go on in, in the West. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's... 
it's really just a big ask. I mean, you could have just not traded him. You could have demanded more. It, You just didn't get enough back, which is just really porous for the Blackhawks. Right. I mean, the, hey, the price wouldn't have been too high either, because if he is going to retire at the end of this year, then you don't really want to pay too much for a guy that's going to play on your team for like four months. So right. if you make it that far. If Flurry had a no movement clause, right? Like, I think there's only very, oh, maybe. Like, it was only, a, like, it was a verbal <laughs> one. Right. But there's only very few teams he, he wanted to go to. Like, we know he would have wanted to go to Canada. So Toronto and Edmonton were out of the equation. He wasn't going to go to Washington. There's very few landing spots for Mark andre Flurry. Yeah. It, it, it was a verbal, like, no movement clause, so the Blackhawks could have just traded him anyways, but right. they honored that request. And the trade that followed up this one was Capo Kakin and go- going to San Jose in, in exchange for J- Jacob Middleton. And I love this for the Sharks. I really do. Um, it's weird because I thought they were going to trade Aiden Hill or James Reimer, but now they have three goalies on the NHL roster, so I wonder what happens there. But, I mean, Capo Kakin, even though he was struggling – He's still only 25 years old, um, and he's going to be a starter one day. He He's had glimpses of, of flashes of brilliance for the Minnesota Wild. 0.910 save percentage this year, 0.913 in his rookie year. Like, There's some potential there, and he can grow the Sharks team. Um, you know, And Jacob Middleton is a, is a gritty, uh, physical, top-four defenseman. His asking price was a second-round pick. And Minnesota basically gave up, a, I would say, a 1B young goalie. And I think that's kind of a fair price to give up for a guy like Jacob Middleton. So I think both teams make out well here. I think the slight edge is to the San Jose Sharks, though. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you can clearly see that Kakanen, while he has been pretty bad this year, and, well, not even bad, he's just been struggling lately. Um, I do think he's a bit underrated because it's very hard to make a name for yourself when you're a goaltender in the Central Division when yeah. you had uh, Rene, Saros, Grubauer, then Kemper, uh, Ottinger. You know, it, it's very yeah. hard. Hellebuck, it's very hard to make a name for yourself in the Central Division as a goaltender. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so, next trade... Um, be it, yeah, that's whatever. Next trade, we got Justin Braun going to the Rangers for a third round pick. And I like this trade. I like this trade for the Rangers and not so much for Philly because the defenseman market, it was completely fucked coming into the deadline <laughs> after Strzok got that first round pick. Yep. You have to overpay for a defenseman. That's it. And I mean, like, we talked about Lozon going for a second. We'll talk about Kulak in a sec. Um, I, th- I thought Philly could have got a second for Braun, honestly. Like, Especially since Braun has been very good for a, a putrid Flyers team. Um, per, like he's have some of the best defensive analytics in the league. Um, I think this is a, I think this is such a good get for the Rangers. Yeah, Braun's a solid defenseman. Um, I liked him a lot. I was kind of hoping your Oilers. Well, maybe not hoping your Oilers get him, but I thought he would definitely be on that list for sure. He was. Um, yeah. Black. Yeah. So. I like the move for the Rangers as well. Um, when you consider the fact that there's not a great team behind in front of Shesterkin, so you know it's just another physical defense when they can add to him. So I like yeah. it. I think it's a good move, and I think he'll he'll do well there. He was doing really well on a really bad defensive team. So oh yeah, yeah. yeah so. I I think it's quite weird how Luzon like a lot of I think Ken Holland got mad about the Luzon trade saying that that was what messed with the market and he called Luzon a rental 
but Lazon's not a rental. It's Ken Holland. It's it's Ken Holland being dumb. It's just funny that <laughs> that you know the, we only gave up a second for a non-rental, but then you had Ben Sherratt, who's a hundred percent a rental, and it was like two firsts. First round pick, first round pick, and like Tyson Smilanic, who's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, we t- we know about the how bad the Ben Sherratt trade is, but I mean, hey, Florida ends up cupping, which. They very lit. They they may. They probably will. Um, I don't think they'll be complaining all too much. Um, next trade, Zach Sennershin. I mean, you know what he is, old bust. Um, I mean, hey, the the, the Bruins could have had Kyle Connor, Tomas Shabbat, and Matthew Barzell. They could. They out. Ah, man, Boston. How do you how do you screw up the twenty fifteen draft that much? Like you're probably gonna trade Jake DeBrusque in the off season. I'm, I mean, is Jacob is Jacob Saboral still in the on the team? Uh, I don't think so. I need to check this out. Actually, I'll check it I, out real quick. Saboral on the Bruins? Yeah. Yeah, he's still there. He's played ten games, three assists. Oh, that's a yikes! Imagine how good Thomas Chabot would be on that decor. Like with Charlie McAvoy, like God, that's yeah, so right. good. By the way, even if they didn't get any of the guys that you just said, they also could have gotten uh, Igveni. No, he's not very good. They could have gotten like twenty points this year in Winnipeg. They could have gotten. They could have gotten Brock Besser, Travis Konechny, Ilya Samsonov. Yeah, when you look at the way their team is, Boston, that draft could have been like kind of the starting point of like another like once dynasty Marcin goes yeah exactly i think like i mean hell if you even took like one of those players we mentioned kyle connor and matthew barzell brock besser i would say it's safe to assume boston would be would have won the cup in 2019 isn't kyle connor from that area isn't he from like the massachusetts i think from, I, could I, be wrong. I thought he's from michigan okay maybe that oh that makes sense because he played in michigan yeah 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 but yeah, I mean, Boston trading a bus, Josh Browns, whatever. But next trade, this is a big one. Uh, Artillery, Artillery Lekkinen going to the Avalanche for Justin Baron in a second-round pick. Um, it was also confirmed today that the Oilers were in on Artillery Lekkinen. And, I mean, the price the Az had to give up. I really like this trade for the Canadians. Justin Barron, I'm so high on. He's going to be such a good defenseman if he just stays healthy. And even though the second-round pick's going to be a bit lower... I mean, you're trading trade a, a potential top pair defenseman for a, a very good. Don't get me wrong, Luckin is a very, very good third liner. He could be a decent second liner, but man, Baron's going to be so good for the Habs. Yeah, I agree. Baron's a really good defenseman. He just needed him to get healthy uh, first, but who knows? Who knows what would happen with him? I but I agree. He's great. I disagree. I agree. You disagree? Justin Baron is very good now. But he got the kiss of death by being traded to the Canadians. Oh, yeah. yeah prospects cannot succeed. And I even said Four this. Or prospects cannot succeed in Montreal. And I even said this. Uh, let's list prospects that Montreal has rushed and failed. Alex Galchenyuk. Mikhail okay. Sergachev. They didn't rush and they just traded him. They, traded him. <laughs> he was, they rushed him and he was terrible until he got traded. He played four games in his first season. They just gave him the. I don't. I don't think we should include Sergachev. That's all right. Awesome. If you don't want to con- include Sergachev, Victor Mete, Romanov yeah, is yeah. a Romanov is a question mark. Okay. Yasperi Kaktaniemi. Yeah, they they asked up KK for sure. Yeah. Jared Tenorti. <laughs> oh my God. Michael McCarron. Was he a fifth round pick? 
No, he was a first round pick. He was a first round pick. Wait, what? Yeah. I'm listing every single player. I totally forgot about that. He's a legend. He's a legend. Yeah, in 2013, I totally forgot about that. Matt LeBlanc. Louis LeBlanc, I thought. Uh, Yeah, I think I said Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Louis LeBlanc. Basically, basically, going to Montreal as a prospect is. It's it's death. Well, it looked like it for Cole Caulfield until St. Louis came in. He's playing well now. Yeah. And it's a trend, but it doesn't always happen. I'll yeah. say that. But There's some rare exceptions. Nick Suzuki's been good. Yeah, he's, been, he's been okay. Yeah. Um, can't really think about anyone else right now. Maybe, uh, maybe Gallagher? Gallagher's it's, been good. It's, I mean, let, let's just say the list is a lot longer in the sense that they waste more prospects. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I, I like for both teams. Hopefully, they don't fuck up Justin Baron Baron because I, I I'm so high on him. Next trade, this is for sure an overpay. Um, Nick Letty going to St. Louis in exchange for Oscar Sunquist, who got two <laughs> points yesterday. He also scored. There's a trend where teams are, where players are scoring their first with their new teams. Jake Wallman in a second round pick. I'll let Rossi do the trolling here, so go ahead. Um, let, let's just say this. Uh, St. Louis, what you should have been trying to do is you should have been trying to move Bennington more. You should have tried to buy him out or something. Now you're going to have to pick Bennington over Huso and get rid of Huso because you decided to pay Bennington so much. You gave up Sunquist, Wallman, and a second-round pick for Nick Letty, and Nick Letty isn't good anymore. Um, yeah. so he's like one of the worst analytic defensemen analytically too. It, yeah, I know it's Detroit, but still. It, yeah, it, it's pretty funny. Um, there's two teams in the Central that are pretty much fucked next year. One of them is St. Louis, as. Let's face it, St. Louis wouldn't be a playoff team if it wasn't for Huso. And the other team is Minnesota, and if you look at them, they have, well, $12 million in dead cap next year. I still don't get the Parise. I, I get the Parise bio. I don't get Ryan Suter at all. Hmm. That one was a dumb decision. And yeah, and like years to the five, the, that buyout is a... That, that's a... That's, yeah. I can see why. That's why I'm surprised Minnesota didn't do more at the deadline. Like, they still needed a number one center. So, like, I was like, that's it? Like, you know, it's, it's probably your last chance to really go all in with all this cap space. You need a centerman. I'm kind of surprised Minnesota didn't do more. Now that, now that we're mentioning yeah. the... Uh, all right, here, the here's, here's the buyouts. <clears throat> Next year, it's 12.7. After that, it's 14.7. After that, it's oh 14.7. 14.7 in dead cap space. <laughs> yeah, Minnesota better win the cup this year. That's all I'm saying. Or at least make it to the cup finals. Um, Next trade, uh, Andrew Hammond, that's whatever. Johan Larson going to Washington for a third-round pick. I mean, it's it's whatever. Depp forward. He's he's a really good defensive guy. Arizona stacking up on draft picks. Nothing, nothing really much else to say here. Besides, um, Kevin Weeks breaking his trade with a bucket on his head. Yeah, Kevin Kevin Weeks was just legendary this trade deadline. It was great. I yeah, I mean, who doesn't love Weeks, eh? Yeah. Who doesn't yeah. love Kevin Weeks? Um, couple of future considerations here. That's 
it's whatever. The next big trade, Andrew Kopp going to the Rangers in exchange for Morgan Barron. Um, is he related to just Justin Barron? I don't believe so. I don't know. <laughs> if they are, both the freaking brothers get so traded. If you think Barron, it's Barron. Yeah. I don't care, all right? Like... <laughs> I don't care. Just because he's on Montreal doesn't make him French. He's not Baron. <laughs> Actually, hold up. Morgan's from Halifax. Where is Justin? Oh, from? Justin. Okay, they might be related then. He's from Hal. I guess they are real related. So both right, the brothers. The brothers get traded on the deadline. That that must suck. That must <laughs> really suck. Um, but yeah. Um, Justin Morgan Baron going to the Jets. Uh, he's having a decent year in the AHL. There's some potential there. But they also get two second round picks in exchange for Andrew Kopp. I love this deal for the Jets. I think Kopp's a very good player. He's obviously a rental for the Rangers. But I mean, you're getting back potential middle six, middle six forward and Morgan Barron, um, and two second round picks. And like, I don't think the Rangers are going to be that good in the playoffs. So those second round picks actually might be pretty high. I think it's a pretty good trade for the Jets. By the way, yes, uh, Morgan Barron is Justin Barron's older brother. Okay. Yeah, man. Terrible day for the family. I mean, only terrible only terrible for Justin because he went to fucking Montreal. Hopefully Morgan can get some playtime in Winnipeg. Um, What else? Zach Sanford going to Winnipeg too for a fifth round pick. Sense fans hate this guy for some reason. I don't know. I, I, I think Sanford's okay. Like, I think he's a good, probably... Ideally, you want him on your fourth line. Um, you know, he had a thirty-point year. He had a thirty-point season in twenty nineteen twenty. So I mean, there's some offensive, pro- there's some offensive production there. Um, he's mostly just a big body. He throws all around. His weight seems to be average defensively. I don't know. It only cost him a fifth round pick. I don't think it's that bad of a trade for the Jets. Yeah, I'm not sure why he was so hated by uh, Suns fans. Yeah, it, I guess. I guess, in my opinion, this trade is Zach Sanford could well in doubt find another gear with uh, Winnipeg. Right. And who knows? Like, maybe, like, he's also traded for uh, Logan Brown, uh, who's uh, who, who's looking to be a bust right now. What was he, like, 11th overall in 2016? Yeah. Pretty high, yeah. Yeah, so, it's whatever. Uh, next, next. Next team, uh, and I call this trade for a month. All right, so I'm an insider. I'm an insider. Uh, Ricard yeah. Raquel going to the Penguins in exchange for a second. Can I have play? taught you well. I've taught you well. I'm, I'm the new well. Nostradamus of the podcast, but Ricard Raquel. Excuse going me. To- <laughs> you heard me, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Ricard Raquel going to the Penguins in exchange for a second. Kale Clay, very good defensive forward, and Zach Ashuris and Dominic Simone. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts? I like the move, especially considering we didn't have to give him a first-round pick. Zach Aston reese might sting for a little bit, but I think he's pretty replaceable, in my opinion. He had some really good defensive metrics, but uh, I think for a bottom-six guy you want as a defensive forward, it's pretty easy to find through free agency pretty much every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have to give him any of our bigger prospects like Poulin or Pierre-Olivier Joseph. I like the move a lot. Dominic Simone's another player that's also pretty really replaceable. He's not the best forward either. And yeah. you end up getting a, a top-six scoring winger. So I like it a lot. He has the ability to score 30 goals. He's done it before. And if you play him next to Crosby, who knows what could happen. So I'm right. not sure if they're going to split up that top line. He might be playing with Malkin for a bit. But, uh, yeah, I like it a lot. I think it's a good price to pay uh, for a guy like Raquel. So I like yeah. it. I mean, 
I don't really oh, think that you can. I, I I don't think there. I don't think you can really replace uh, Aston Reese. I mean, his advanced analytics were ninety nine percent defense, and that's just that. That's really sure. good. He was he was really good on defense on the defensive line, but you also have guys like Bluger who's really good defensively as well. Um, you know, I think yeah. at the end of the day, you can find someone that's kind of similar to him. Maybe not as good defensively, like like analytically as he was. But I mean, you have like Raheem Horna, right? You yeah, have and he's good. Valtteri, you have Valtteri Pustin in. Like, yeah. there's like, there's guys, there's guys in Pittsburgh. There's definitely guys there, uh, and guy. I feel like people aren't really like too aware of like guys like Pustin, like yeah, uh, Bjorkvist is a guy as well. That's uh, I feel like not a lot of people know. He's he scored Casper, I think on his right? debut. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's his name. Yeah. Casper Bjorkvist, he's he's pretty good as well. He's a bigger guy, uh, can play in that bottom six uh, in the future, possibly for Pittsburgh. So I'm just surprised yeah, Anaheim took Clank because they have Dostal, they got Stolarz, they got Gibson. Like, how many more goalie yeah. prospects do you need? Clank's having a pretty good year in the Swedish league. We also have kind of a lot of uh, goalie prospects there as well, which is why the move really made sense for the for the Penguins there. So right. I'm not sure what Anaheim's thinking of, uh, with his plans of him, but he's having a good year down there. So we'll see what right. happens with him. Uh, goalies are weird. Yeah. Uh, next trade, the Oilers sending Will Lagason in a second-round pick, uh, conditional second-round pick for Brett Kulak. Condition is that the Oilers reach the cup final, and Keith plays in – I'm not kidding. This is the condition, and Keith plays uh, in all the games that he averages top four ice time in the league. Such a weird-ass condition. Montreal received the 2023 second-round pick instead. And I like this trade for you. I think it's a fair trade for both. I think Kulak's a really underrated defenseman. For the last three years, he's ninety-four percentile defensively, and especially this year, he's been one of the he's been one of the better defensive 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 players in the league on a terrible Habs team. He has some offensive instincts there. He's from Edmonton, and especially with how the market was shaping up, I think a second round a second round pick is what you have to pay. I think I think Kulak is a is you know if Kulak can fix some of his issues uh, offensively too, I think he's a fine second pair defenseman and um you know i like i get it <laughs> ideally you probably want him on the third pair but with his strong defensive uh numbers especially on on the habs team i think it's a good price to give up wagson wasn't playing much here anyways he's really not that good he's already 26 chances are he's not gonna you know chances are he's not gonna grow much further he's probably just you know you know a number seven guy and yeah, it's. I think it's a good trade for the Oilers. Uh, they should probably look into extending Kulak and make the make the second more worth giving up. But uh, yeah, I think it's a. I, I really like it for the Oilers. I, I think this is a rare Ken Holland W. That's what I was gonna say about Kulak as well. As I thought they'd maybe look into extending him, especially because he's from Edmonton. Yeah, uh, he's a good puck mover. I, I think I like the move for, for Edmonton quite a bit as well. I didn't really have to pay too much to get him, so not not bad, Holland. Good job. Yeah. I wonder what it, I wonder if Luzon wasn't traded. What the hell Holland would have done? Because the way he made it, it seem, I mean, you know, it probably would have been a third round pick in Lagesson. Honestly, maybe. But <laughs> that's what that's why that's why I'm clowning the branch and like, I mean, you could have gotten more. You could have gotten way more, especially with how the the D market was shaping up. Um, but it's whatever. Uh, next trade, Derek Broussard going to the Oilers in exchange for a 2023 fourth round pick, 50% retained. So his cap is at 400k, which is crazy to me. Um, it's crazy how much the Oilers are in cap trouble, where they have to retain, where the other team has to retain 50% on basically a league minimum contract. That's that's insane to me. But you know, I like it. I, I like it for the Oilers. It just really strengthens their their bottom six, adds more depth scoring. 
Um, and I mean, that four core just got a bit scary. And, and I know Bessard's obviously not the player as he used to be, but he's playing the big thing for the Oilers is that they need more playoff veterans. This is a guy that's played in 170 playoff games. He's ha- under just under half a point per game in the playoffs, which is huge. So for the Oilers, only give up a four foul pick in 2023. I I think I think they did well here. Yeah, I agree. He had uh, he was actually pretty good in the Flyers when when he played. He was like just in our point of game. I think you were just saying there, but uh, what the Flyers and it seemed like when he was in the lineup, they're actually winning along with when they had Ryan Ellis. So I think it's a sneaky good move for the Oilers there, especially to get him at that cheap of a contract, like three hundred four hundred k. Like that's yeah. nothing for for him. So. I think he's playing where is he played yet for the Oilers? I'm not sure if he oh, was yeah, he's playing somewhere. tomorrow though. Him and Clark okay. make their debuts tomorrow. Okay. Do you know like where he's projected to play? Because I'm not sure. He's, I don't know if it's I don't six, know where he's projected but... to play, but uh he said he's gonna start on the wing. So that's all, all we right. know. So yeah, that's that's not bad at all for, for the Oilers because he can play center too, can he? Yeah, he's a very versatile player. Yeah, so it's that's funny. not a bad move at all. <laughs> One of the Oilers media members said he's such a good PKer, but he never he never averages more than fifteen penalty like PK minutes in a season. So, huh. so he's not a PK, but whatever. Our media is just stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, another good trade, seeking a trade. Uh, Vlad Nemesigov going to the Dallas Stars in exchange for a 2024 first round pick. These bottom six players going for mid round picks. Um, he's having a good year in Detroit 25 points in 60 games. I mean, Nemesigov has basically played everywhere, right? He's played in Tampa, he's played in the Rangers, he's played with Ottawa. I think he played for Colorado too. Yeah. Um, it's just you know what you're getting in the Mestikov. He's just a good bottom six two way forward. He can chip in offensively. He's good for a playoff run. He didn't cost you anything. Yeah, I agreed pretty much everything you said there. For sure. Uh, Rossi it has been dead. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? There's not much to talk about on my end. I I feel like a lot of these trades we surmised already on the uh, on the stream. I guess, yeah. Well, it wasn't on the stream, so I kind of got more to say. But yeah. yeah, right. I mean, I was for like a little bit. I, but... I, I think that I think that we should just skip to like the the ones that just... weren't announced until like we were finished. Right, we're almost there. Like right? we only have a couple more trades to go. Uh, Andrew Cogliano going to the Avalanche in exchange for a fifth round pick. I mean, at this point, Cogliano's a depth forward. He's had 15 points in 45, 56 games for the Sharks. He's probably on your the fourth line for the Abs. Um, still a really good PKer. I mean, I, I don't think he really threads the needle that much, but it's it's whatever. He's he's very good. Um, he's a very good pickup because it, I don't know if anybody else watches has to watch the Avalanche as much as I do because they're in our division. But uh, he helps the Avalanche in the sense that the best way to get to beat the Avalanche this year is literally just make them play defense. Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. If you can make the Avalanche play defense, they will make very big mistakes and you can beat them pretty easily. And Cogliano helps that a lot. Yeah, he's a, he's a really good defensive forward. And, you know, Cogliano hasn't won a cup yet. So, you know, maybe he retires this season because I don't think... I don't know. I don't. I don't see a team really taking a chance on him next season. The offensive impact's going down. He's not a. You no, know, he can't really keep up to the initial speed. So this is basically basically his last chance to win a cup. Um, Ryan Carpenter goes to the Flames for a fifth round pick. That's that's basically whatever. Just that player for Calgary. I mean, they already made yarn. They already got Yarn Crone to Foley. So they they made their big acquisitions before. 
No, I, I trade I do like for the Rangers. Tyler Mott. Um, they only gave up a fourth round pick, which for me that's so cheap. I I, I love Tyler Mott. I think he's such a good defensive forward. He's an excellent PKer. Um, you know, I think he's a bit underrated in his offensive skill too. And he only went for a fourth round pick. I thought he, I honestly thought he could have went for a third. By the um, way, just I, a, I, just a bit ago, it was confirmed that Tyler Mott wanted to stay in Vancouver, and the only reason he was traded is because he wanted two million dollars. I would have gave Mott two million easily. I, I don't ask me what what fucking I mean, that's, Vancouver's that's doing. JR. That's common. That's a common JRL. I don't know. <laughs> I mean. This is the same team that was thinking about trading Brock Besser instead of JT Miller, right? So it's also the same know. team that uh, you know, pays uh, Halak what they pay him. He makes like one point two five. Yes, yeah. still. <laughs> Mike Smith, we're paying Mike Smith two point two million. The dude just turned forty yesterday. He has another year left on his deal. Okay, but that—that's literally just Ken Holland being dumb. Oh man. Kenny, Kenny. Anyways, I like I like the trade for the Rangers. I really I, I like the trade for the Rangers. Uh, a trade that kind of went under the radar. Well, this trade um, wasn't actually announced until what we finished, so we're actually at the point where it's all the trades that we didn't see. Correct. Victor Rask going to Seattle for future considerations. So basically, uh, if you remember Niederreiter for the Rask trade, uh, the Minnesota Wild traded Nino Niederreiter for future considerations. Shit. What a what a trade! <laughs> what a not like Nino Niederreiter has been doing very well, and it's not like I mean, yeah, man. Anyways, uh, Victor Rask, thirteen points in twenty nine games for the Wild this season. That's not bad. That's like that's slightly under half point per game. Ten points in ten NHL games. Like I don't know why I don't I don't really get this trade from Minnesota's perspective. Like were they trying to clear up some cap room to I make mean, another move? They, it certainly looks like it. Well. Also, you don't want to be paying Victor Rask two million dollars. Four million. Uh, they retain half. Oh yeah, that. they don't want to be paying it, him four million, especially. Well, since... what was the point? Like, they, they didn't make another move that day besides Flurry. Well, like, if they were... they have a lot of better options that they can go to too. So, I guess. I it's... mean, for Seattle, they they're just getting back a body, uh, probably a third Bob Six guy. Pretty sure Victor Rask has actually been pretty good defensively this year too, so I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I just don't I just this is actually one trade I agree with when it comes to the uh Minnesota Wild this year. Alright. Uh now a pretty underwhelming not not so underwhelming, but the return has been underwhelming. Max Domi going to the uh Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for Aiden Hershuck. And that's it. Just one for one. And I don't know much about Aiden Hairchuk. I know he was drafted last season. Uh, he has eight points at 37 games for Boston College, so not the greatest. Yeah, Aiden Hairchuk is uh, hes more of an offensive defenseman, I think. He was really highly touted going into when he was playing for the development team. Um, he wasn't really given a lot of ice time on that team either. Uh and Boston College, I mean, he's not having a great year, but it's still only his first year in Boston College. Like, I feel like NCAA players, they sometimes need a little bit of time because it's a little competition. So yeah. I still am a big believer in Horestrick. I think he went a bit too low in his draft year. So I liked him. So I'm hoping he can probably uh, 
uh, grow in the next couple of years or so at Boston College because it is a good team. It's a good school. I also don't think Boston College were the greatest team either. I think it was either them or Boston University that were on like a really long losing streak this year, if I can remember correctly. So who knows? I mean, he could probably become better next year as well. So it's it's not a terrible move, I don't think. Right. It's it's such a weird uh, sort of situation because the Hurricanes got Domi and Inamoto, who is currently playing in Wisconsin. And then uh, the Panthers got Igor Korshkov. And then they also, they also got a sixth round pick. So, so it's like the two teams that weren't trading away Max Domi got, more, got a better return. Yeah, got a yeah. better return. Uh, so it's quite dumb for the Blue Jackets. But uh, I guess they have to make a move, right? Just here's my. It's one of it's one of those moves where you have to make a move, like even though you don't have to. But here's like, my opinion: it's... if there's a point in time where you're debating on whether to make a move or not, and it's a pretty small move, don't make the move. Because it'll just hurt you. Right. Um, and that's about it. Actually, there's there's technically one more trade if we wanna if we want we can include it. I think I, I think, think it'll take way too long. We can include it. I think uh. we'll, we we can include it. So Evgeny Dadinov <laughs> um, oh was supposed to be traded to the Anaheim Ducks. The- Along with a second round pick for the contract of Ryan Kessler and John Moore. Um and what happened was Dadanoff had the Ducks on his no trade list, but the no trade list wasn't filed to the NHL. So Vegas so Vegas, it's a it's a, it's such a weird story. Vegas said Ottawa didn't give him the no trade clause list, but you kind of have to make that trade go through. And like it's a weird situation. And and it just got voided today, but like, it's it's so weird. This is I don't think this has ever happened before. See, what doesn't make sense is how do you not know that your player has a no trade clause? Literally, just go on fucking cap friendly, and it tells you. <laughs> or not even that. How how did how did he not? How did Ottawa fail to tell them? What are you guys doing? I think I think they did tell him that's that's what the uh, league came out with. Like, Ottawa informed them that he has a no trade clause. Maybe they didn't tell them what teams were on it, but still, I feel so bad for Dadanov right now too. Like, yeah, it's an awkward like, situation. Now, now you have, now you have to go back to a team that had to pay to dump you. Like that's so awkward. That 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 must well, suck. That's not even the worst part of it. What's the worst part? How much Vegas is over the cap and how much they have to fix it. That's not the worst part. That's the best part. I don't want Vegas being good. I mean, it's like it's the worst part for Vegas. It's the worst part for Vegas, but everyone else loves it. Basically, I'm pretty sure they have to forcefully remove Mark Stone and Alex Martinez from long-term injury reserve, if I remember correctly. They have to clear up $4 million to like activate Martinez, but who are you going to clear up? Yeah. yeah. Like, you can't... Like, if you want to put... Supposedly, if you want to put Riley Smith on LTIR to activate Martinez, okay, fine. You still have no scoring. I mean, also, if... you know, can we just blame? Can we just blame Jack Eichel for the for the nineteen yes. woes? Yes. He has eleven points in eighteen games. Oh, Jack Eichel. 
the curse continues. Yep. He, he, he's literally, literally the new Matthew Shane. That's what I said. Exactly. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> At least Matthew actually, Shane managed to break his curse. Actually, no, he's a new Taylor Hall. Oh, yeah, that is true. I that, yeah. A bit. Um. Yeah, they have to... They have to remove Mark Stone and Alec Martinez from long-term injured reserve. But, but they have to clear up... How are you going to clear up $9.5 to activate Mark Stone? That's impossible. They... they unless, you put, unless you want to put back Jack Eichel on LTIR. They're... Well, I don't know what they can do, but they're... And the Knights have 16 games left. They, the Knights have to win 11 out of their next 16 to basically to make the playoffs. And I know the Knights have... I think, uh, according to Tankathon, they're 29th of... Hold on, let me just double-check. Uh, Tankathon has the 31st in strength of the schedule, which means they have the second easiest schedule in the league. But still, 11 out of 16, that's hard for any team. Like, I just don't know... I don't think Vegas is going to make it. Vegas won't make it unless they get Leonard back. But even then, like... Like, is it... You can have good goaltending. You need a score. They haven't scored a goal in their past two games. Like, uh, and I get it. Bressois in like, and I'm not gonna blame Logan Thompson. The dude's like what 22. Like, it's not his fault. Like, Bressois guy has to play better. And I know, like, I know, like, he isn't a starter, obviously, but still, like, you gotta get those. You well, gotta no. get some goal scoring support. Well, yeah, you're you're moved into that situation where you're obviously your your best goaltender goes down in Robin Leonard. Uh, and then you're left with kind of a void, but then on top of that, not only is he gone, but then you lose all of your scoring capabilities. But it's not like, but the thing with Vegas, it, the thing with Vegas is like, there's still like good players on that team. Like there's still William Carlson, Jack Eichel, like Jack Eichel exists, you know, Max, <laughs> uh, Jonathan Martian. So, uh, Riley Smith, Chandler Stevenson. There's still players on this team that can score. It it honestly makes me think of last year's Nashville Predators, where, where they got decimated by injuries. No, not even the injury part. They just had a lot of a, a lot of like big names that should have been scoring a lot, but none of them really did. Right. You know, this kind of reminds me of the 16-17 Lightning, too, where they missed the playoffs by one point, but it's because everyone got injured. Stamkos got injured like game 20 of the season. Um, I'm pretty sure Jonathan Jordan was injured for quite some time. You know, they had, Victor Hedman was injured that year. Like, they've had a lot of injuries, but with Vegas, like, I, it's been a rotating door of injuries, but still, like, Missing the play, uh, Freeman said that missing the playoffs in Vegas is not an option. So yeah, and like if they miss, I would assume Peter DeBoer is out. But yeah. I'm not sure if that's gonna do anything really. Okay, but if we're gonna be honest, it's not just on Peter DeBoer, and it's not on injuries because here's the thing: every team gets injured. The Predators were injured to hell last year. The Kings are extremely injured this year. You have to find ways to win, especially now. It now in the in the regular season. Yeah, uh, I agree. You have to find ways to win, and Vegas hasn't been able to do that. And not only that, but they're in cap hell, and that's management's fault. It's also management's fault for, like, not... You know, the the, the worst thing about Vegas' management is that they're so... They're not loyal. Like, they don't give a crap 
about like they don't give. I don't think they care about their players. You saw that with Mark Andre Fleury. You saw that with Nate Schmidt. You saw that with uh, there's some other player that got traded that spoke about their management, but like they're not loyal to any of their players, and they literally just did Dadanov. Like, like if I'm a player, like, like would I even want to play for the Vegas Golden Knights? I know we're getting way off topic here from the trade deadline, but it's it's it's, a, it's an interesting topic to bring up. Like, why would anyone want to play for Vegas? Well, not only that, but besides then, the city and the team, obviously, like the, the management sucks. Then, then player, then players that do get rewarded and the team decides to remain loyal to them, the fans would turn on them. Like, Robin Leonard fans despise for some reason. Then you had. Uh, Apparently now it's a lot of the hatred is being turned on. Uh, what's his name? I'm blanking. A lot of not Petrangelo. A lot of the hate is now being forced towards Riley Smith. What did Riley Smith do? I don't know, but Vegas fans are literally so gung ho on attacking players for no reason. They're not real hockey fans, man. Like they're they got the witness their team make the cup. Finals first year, like you're not real fan. Like <laughs> Smith has thirty eight points in fifty six games. That's good. <laughs> that's really good. good. Like what? That's that's in the eighty two game season. That's a fifty six point pace. Yeah, it just sucks, man. Their fans suck. Their team sucks. Their, their media sucks. Twitter admin sucks. Yeah, everyone sucks about Vegas, man. Even like, they even somehow made this year's All Star game suck. Oh, that was over. Yeah, that was getting started. That's John an entirely that's an entirely different video. I don't even want to get into that. John had giving Petrangelo like the edge in the, the the whatever it's called the the breakaway challenge. I don't know. Whoever and, whoever approved Machine Gun Kelly's concert, <laughs> you need to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that was awful. Um, no, we've been going like for forty eight minutes now. I think it's safe to end it there. Um. But yeah, thank you guys for watching, um, and uh, thank you guys for the support. It's been a it's been a pretty big month for the channel. Uh, we're gonna have a lot more content, especially in the summer. And uh, yeah, our next video probably near playoff time. I would we'll, assume, unless we'll, we can. We'll get... probably start making smaller incremental videos, just updating the standings and and happenings. Some updates, yeah, but yeah, yeah but uh, thanks everyone for watching. Uh, we gotta. Uh, a month to go in the season and uh yeah stay tuned till next time